understand the type of sport your child plays. So if it's a contact sport, I would argue it'd be more unsafe, particularly the older they get, the more intense it's going to get. So having some body armor around the trunk, shoulders to protect your organs, protect your neck from uh, head injuries, um, having some muscle mass, which we know resistance training helps. Um, so that would be one uh, perk. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Each week I host live Q&As where I present on a topic to help footballers and strength and conditioning coaches with practical knowledge. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss a live podcast. If you're a returning podcast listener and you love the show, please show your support by rating the show. It goes a long way into helping us reach more listeners. Let's get into today's episode. Make sure to stick around to the very end as I provide a free AFL workout and power tip designed to give you confidence and an insight into what it takes to play AFL. Let's go. My name is Jack McClee and I'm your host and today I'll be discussing everything you need to know about when your child should start lifting weights. Perhaps your parent of a child who's got the desire to start lifting weights uh, and you're not sure on whether it's safe for them to do so. I'm going to demyth the top three common myths about weight training and the negative effects. Uh, perhaps you're a 14 year old looking to get into weight training for the first time and you're not sure where to start. I'm going to provide five tips um, that are really important from a strength point of view to build the fundamentals and maximize your athlete development. Uh, and I'm also just going to answer some common questions that I've had. Uh, working in the industry for over the last 15 years um, around youth development, um, what's safe, what's not, how does it change from a 14-year-old doing weight training compared to a 17-year-old. So stick around. If you're listening in live on YouTube, feel free to hit the comment section below and send in your questions. Even if you're watching the recording, hit the comment section below. I always reply to our comments uh, and feel free to send through some questions uh, to get a discussion going. But to kick it off, when should your child start lifting weights? I'm a father of four and a half year old, and weight training doesn't necessarily have to mean external load. So start with, think of exercises um, that revolve around their body weight. So a perfect thing can be learning how to do push-ups on a bench, learning how to squat their body weight, maybe squat to a chair, um, learning simple plank and hollow hold positions. I uh, I got Jackson, my son, involved in gymnastics at the age of three. Uh, the grip strength and coordination uh, that he's improved in tumbling, learning how to jump on the trampoline, and also using things like the monkey bars has transferred transferred into his ability into the playground. So he now uses his grip strength, learn it has confidence in climbing um, playground activities and things that he perhaps wouldn't have the confidence in trying or would get frustrated in the past because he's learned the fundamentals of just simple one gymnastic session a week. He's now um, applying those skills in the real world. So he's um, getting some strength training through um, just general play. So I think that's a great place to start. Um, from an actual weight training point of view, anywhere between seven and eight, it could be a good point where they've, they've done the basic gymnastics, they've done swimming lessons, they've done track and field. Uh, they're used to following instruction. They're loose, used to... Uh, having the discipline of doing weekly activities uh, and now they can start lifting some resistance training with either yourself or, or a professional. Um, but between that age of three to seven, I would typically just get them involved in group activities. Karate is another one, martial arts, anything where they're um, 
working their body uh, and um, they're learning how to move their body through space, but also how to balance, uh, how to jump, land, uh, tumble, and learning all those um, fundamental skills uh, that they can then transfer into into the real world. And they're also having a lot of fun along the way. Uh, how should training change from the age of, let's say, 13 to 16? So if you've been doing all those fundamental classes from ages three to seven, and from seven through to, let's say, 13, you've done some basic training with either a parent. Uh, so if the parent's listening and you've done that with your child, where they, if you're doing some training uh, and it's a kid-friendly gym and you just bring them along with you, get them doing things like squats, push-ups, uh, maybe some dumbbell presses overhead, um, anything or helping them with some chin-ups. So they bring them along with you, basically, keep it fun. Uh, it's not too structured. There's not a, like a specific program they're following. You're just exposing them to um, a, uh, the weights room uh, and a, um, building their confidence in uh, like rope climbs and things like that. <clears throat> and then from 13 onwards is where we can start to, if they're responding really well to following instruction, uh, these would be my key tips on whether your child's ready to start uh, and should start weight training. So um, understand the type of sport your child plays. So if it's a contact sport, I would argue it would be more unsafe, particularly the older they get, the more intense it's going to get. So having some body armor around the trunk, shoulders to protect your organs, protect your neck from uh, head injuries, um, having some muscle mass, which we know resistance training helps. Um, so that would be one uh, perk. Also uh, learning uh, how to land, how to balance on one leg, um, building single leg strength, um, uh, building some hamstring strength, so um, some good insurance, good vaccine for protecting them from um, from 30 onwards. They're moving at a pretty fast pace, so building some good strength. Also, for prevent them um, from future soft tissue injuries like hamstring strains. Um, so that's where I would really start to focus on now, um, looking towards following a strength and power program. Do they have the desire to get in the weight room and follow a program is really important. If your child doesn't have the desire, I wouldn't force them to do it. Um, that's only going to lend to negative results uh, and not a sustainable, healthy habit with weight training. We want to set them up for life uh, and make sure that they're enjoying what they're doing. Um, do they have the discipline, like I mentioned, to train a few times a week? Ultimately, when they're age of 13 upwards, um, those impromptu sort of sessions that they're doing with you previously, their body's going to start to adapt and need a consistent stimulus to really get the benefits of strength and power training. So following a program, which would be, I'll go through some guidelines a little bit later on, but something where they're actually following a structured program, not just um, training with you um, when they can. So there's actually a bit of a discipline that's involved in it and they need to commit to training two to three times a week, I think. The ability to listen and follow instruction, um, and ultimately, when I like I mentioned, I said before, what's the type of sport? If they play a field-based um, contact sport, then resistance training is important for them from that body armor, like I mentioned, but also for learning the fundamental movement patterns. Um, sport and sport training is done at a fast pace, typically focused on the technical, tactical aspects of the sport. So learning how to move, learning how to run, learning how to jump, learning how to land, learning how to throw, learning how to twist, squat, um, hinge, push, pull, uh, fundamental movements for that athlete to be able to make sure they move really well and they've got lots of great options on the field. In terms of guidelines, and then I'll demyth some of the common um, myths when it comes to resistance training, but 
for those that are um, in that age bracket, like I said, 13 plus, and they're now starting to follow a resistance program, uh, like our online strength, AFL strength conditioning program, we have, I would start with three, two to three total body sessions. So they're not doing splits where they're doing a lower body day, an upper body day, uh, like a power bit power lifter or weight lifter or a bodybuilder they're doing total body sessions so they're hitting multiple muscle groups or using multiple um, compound lifts throughout the whole week um, and they shouldn't go for any longer than 40 minutes the sessions so we want high quality um, movement practicing the technique um, and prioritizing technique and control and tempo over intensity and speed of the lift progressing the load once they're technically proficient at that movement so there might be you might have a training block where there's a new exercise that you're introducing let's say they've learned how to squat and the squat is something you're progressing the load but it's the first time that they've done an rdl you might just stick with the bar for a couple of weeks with the rdl or you or the load is not changing their technique they're able to control it so it's technical um, focus then make sure that you're sticking to two to four sets of six to ten repetitions um, that's really really important from a, a, a volume point of view we don't want to be doing um, high volume under fatigue so six to ten reps you're pretty safe to make sure that the, there's enough repetitions there that the athlete can learn and get that neuromuscular um, adaptation um, and two to four sets is enough time where they can get that um, response to um, training where you can get a little bit stronger uh, at that movement over time so Repetition is key, but we don't want to be uh, putting too much fatigue on the system. In terms of key myths of uh, demyfing the the strength training, um, common mistakes and common myths that are out there in the industry, reducing your flexibility. I've actually seen as athletes, especially young junior footballers, are incredibly tight, uh, and that's not due to strength training. That's largely due to the increase in sedentary sitting down. Um, so by improving their um, amount of uh, quality movement that they're doing it should improve their flexibility improve their mobility ultimately if you're fearful of um, getting tighter you want to make sure you're doing dedicated stretching uh, and you're doing dedicated mobility work and that can be fed into the gym program um, but strength training does not reduce flexibility uh, and dangerous growth plates it's actually safer than um, than sport particularly high intensity sport um, like your basketball soccer football rugby um, so don't be fearful of, of affecting their or st- stunting their growth. Uh, and there's no point until my athlete has reached puberty as they're not going to get um, any development or any muscle mass gain. That's not true. So like I mentioned before, we're not just focusing on muscle mass. We're actually focusing on uh, improving their motor control, improving their um, motor neuron recruitment, which is how well their body can um, recruit muscle mass for that activity, which will get them stronger. So by simply practicing the movement getting better technique they will get stronger over time so um, you don't need to be um, above the age of puberty to be able to get the benefits of the strength training some other things to take into account and and top tips on this topic um, would be the um, benefit of plyometrics so if you do join the track and field team getting exposure to plyometrics would be quite helpful uh, making sure you're doing single leg strength, not just double leg, double arm exercises. So train the unilateral. We'd be amazed at those that are really strong in double leg and double uh, upper body movements, but they struggle um, with unilateral work, with the stability and the control of it. So make sure at a young age you're getting good fundamentals by training single leg strength, single arm strength. 
um, you're practicing coordination-based movements and um, progressing the complexity of those movements. So not everything needs to be more weight at a faster pace, actually change the complexity of the movement over time as well. That's more for strength and conditioning coaches in there. Uh, they're at a, the athletes of this population in such a plastic age, they can adapt so quickly. Um, we want to make sure we're challenging that system um, from that coordination point of view. So that can be done in warm-ups, it can be done in running, drilling, uh, it can be done with jump uh, plyometric work. That's it. If you've got any questions on the topic, make sure to reach out. Uh, massive week on the podcast this week. We've got Blair Mills. That episode will be published on Wednesday. Two live episodes this week. On Thursday, we have Bill Tate, who's the AISASC Director of and he'll be just talking all about high-performance management, key communication skills. That's 3 p.m. this Thursday. We've also got Jonas Dudu back on. Last time I had him on, our, re- our reception recording was really poor, so we're going to redo that interview um, just on YouTube this time just to see, hopefully get a better, cleaner reception. That's going to be 4.30 p.m. Australian Standard, Standard Time, all around speed development for field-based athletes. And then our bite-sized episode will be with Sarah Perkins talking about her AFLW journey. So if you're inspired by that episode, make sure to listen to the full episode on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Obviously, this is a new topic that we've been doing once a month, a competition. This time it was with Melbourne-based high-performance gyms and facilities. And the winner, and shout out to this um, uh, of this competition, was Core Advantage based in Oakley. So great shout out to... Um, core advantage for their work that they've been doing it was a pretty profound result they um, clearly had the most votes so we'll be doing a blog post all about their performance center uh, very shortly so make sure to stay tuned for that one poll finding linkedin actually didn't get any votes this week but on the twitter um so it's obviously not either something that people come for posting on it was all about what is what is most challenging from a communication point of view w- with your athletes is it motivating them constructive criticism explaining a com- complex concept or building rapport um so motivating them was 17 percent constructive criticism 50 percent. that was the highest of the most challenging conversation to have with your athletes explaining a concept a complex concept 17 percent, and building rapport was 16 percent. so pretty even from three except for constructive criticism and then lastly the workout this is going to be it's at that time where some of you now are in your off season so i wanted to get you started with a um, pretty basic level aerobic endurance workout you do need to know your maximum aerobic speed for this to work so if you don't know that yet i would recommend going for a six minute run to start with and work out the average speed uh, by dividing the distance that you travel by seconds that it took um, to work out what your maximal aerobic speed is six minute run you could do a 2k time trial same thing just divide uh, the time it took for, for the distance that you travel to work out your average speed and from that we're working at 90 percent, so just underneath threshold pace so 90 percent of your maximal aerobic speed um so we're going to work uh, two sets of eight 40 second reps with a 20 second rest so you're on the minute at 90 percent rest three to four minutes in between and then we're going to go for two sets of four 90-second runs at a range between 90 and 95% of your MS. So have two cones set up for that one with only a 60-second um, rest period in there, so challenging your repeatability, and rest four minutes between sets. And over time, we would increase the, the distance while maintaining the work-to-rest ratio. Or for those more working on their um, uh, their more speed-based athletes and you want to work more in your aerobic system and longer distance doesn't work well for your body, then we can um, 
keep the distances the same, um, but just reduce the uh, rest that you're getting. So you might maintain the intensity, but reduce the rest each time. Okay, so let me know how you go with that workout. Um, and I look forward to seeing you guys this week for our two live chat show with Bill Tate and Joe Stodu. I'll see you guys then. Hi, I'm Jack McLean, an AFL football strength and conditioning coach, and I want to introduce you to the Prepare Like a Pro Academy. Our academy is a subscription-based platform where you can sign up to be a part of our community. If you get to the end of each episode of the podcast and are hungry for more, this is for you. Designed for aspiring AFL athletes and staff, you'll receive heaps of bonus weekly content. Learn who the guests are in advance and submit questions. Access to our Facebook group with Jack and other Prepare Like a Pro coaches. You'll be able to receive merchandise, program discounts and freebies and get free access to our live events, exercise technique database and much more. This is a great way for you to support the podcast and it helps me with production and release of epic content for you guys each week. Your contribution goes a long way in making Prepare Like a Pro community possible and just for $5 a week you'll have access to all of this special content released on our academy forums. There's no lock-in and you can cancel absolutely anytime. time.